Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hizzle over there in the six. How you doing, baby? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Um, I'm excited to talk about one of the top 10 scorers in the league. And for, for those of y'all who don't know that is, his name's Bradley Beal. So. Cal Kuzma. <laughs> That's, not oh. Kuzma. That's not who I'm excited. I'm talking about Bradley Beal. You know who he is. Jenner's jumping in quick. What's up with my boy Jenner in the 714, baby? Man, happy to be here. Excited to talk about talk about the uh, the Wizards. I think it's going to be a fun season. Obviously, things got shaken up with the Westbrook trade, so it'll be an exciting season to see how it goes. Man, definitely. Man. We, got a, we got a real uh, exciting season, and we got things that we need to talk about w- over there in Washington with the Wizards. So, you know, for that, we had to bring on a very special guest, man. Um, it's hard to find a Wizards fan out here, man. It is hard. <laughs> so I'm very happy that we were able to find Jesse. Jesse, we are very happy to have you on. Uh, you want to introduce yourself to the fans? Yeah, man. Well, uh, they kind of dragged me out of retirement. Uh, you know, being a Wizards fan has been tough, but uh, I'm from Los Angeles. Uh, funny story about, for the Wizards, you know. I'm from L.A. I'm not from Washington. And anybody who's not from Washington, you know, how Wizards. It's like, to be honest, 2K. <laughs> 2K, well, Michael Jordan on the cover. That, that's how I got into it. I made this uh, 6'9 point guard that can shoot threes. And I got drafted to the to the Wizards in there ever since then. Oh, that is that is a great story. That's an awesome story, honestly. <laughs> That's a super dope story, man. Yeah, so, man. So I'm happy to have um, a, a great Wizards guest like you, Jesse. So um, so that's that's perfect, man. So you ready to get into this uh, Wizards talk? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do this, man. So, Jesse, the first question that we like to ask all the fans here for these team interviews is Jesse, as a Wizards fan, are you content with how the way the year went honestly with the amount of talent that was on the roster and it was very top heavy it it's the best that you could hope for outside of you know the automatic score that's Beal and you know Russell Westbrook's going to get you a triple double he's a walking triple double outside of that where are you going to find points and where are you going to find defense that was my main concern and to be honest, we weren't really a playoff team. We got hot at the end, and the schedule kind of softened up. So even, even the general manager, I think it's uh, Tommy Shepard, even he said that they ran out of gas and they ran out of talent, especially in the playoffs. We ran up against a tough Philadelphia squad, and we didn't have defense. We had, Tom, what, we had Thomas Bryant, Alex Lennon, and Robin Lopez versus Embiid. That, that's just not going to cut it. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, so um, the other thing is that everybody in the East, at least in the next tier that we're looking at, we're talking about like a New York, we're talking about like a Miami and maybe like an Atlanta, right? That's the next tier up from Washington being in the eighth seed. They all have a go-to big man. You got Randall, you got John Collins, and you got, you got Bam Adebayo. Who do we got? They even make the argument for Sabonis with the Pacers too. Exactly. Sabonis is a bucket. It's like where yeah. – where are you going to find someone that – or you need to have somebody that can compete with those guys, and that's really what hindered us in the postseason. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah man. The, uh, it, the there's a big glaring uh, hole over there in the in the center position in, at the Wizards, especially with Thomas Bryant missing so much of of this last season, man. But you know, Jesse, but you, he will contribute to that to that center position. I think I I believe in Thomas Bryant. I've been a Thomas Bryant believer since he was on the Lakers, and I and I I was upset that he went for nothing. But I do believe in that guy. No, he's not going to become Joel Embiid, but I think he's going to become a servable, serviceable center. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I de- definitely think that, man. But, you know, J- Jesse, uh, we just want to talk about well, one of the things that, that you you brought up. You brought up Russell Westbrook. You know, let's let's just go ahead and get into bro, what everyone is here to, to, to listen to, man, oh, is yeah. that, oh, that yeah. huge, huge five-team trade with, with Russell Westbrook. And we'll get into the other players involved later. But first, mm. give me your initial thoughts and your initial reaction to that trade as a Wizards fan. Because, you know, I'll tell you firsthand, me and Junior, we're Lakers fans, right? So mm. I can tell you our reaction for it firsthand. <laughs> but I want to know from your, uh, from your perspective as a Wizards fan, how did you feel about that? To be honest, I think you kind of have to look you have to back up a little bit because the general manager, uh, Shepard, he's been accumulating a lot of second round draft picks like throughout the course of his tenure. Like he's only been general manager for about two years, you could say, but he's been getting a lot of these second round draft picks and he deployed a lot of them in that trade. Like he traded away about like five, I want to say, if I remember correctly. Yeah, in the rest trade, he sent out five second rounders and in return, he got a bench. And I think that's really important because, again, we were top-heavy. You get you get Russell Westbrook out of there. You let Hachimura develop. And then you let Danny develop, our uh, nine number nine pick last year. So it's a really good trade-off. You get more salary cap. You let your young guys develop, and you get a bench. I think over the long term, two or three seasons, hoping Beal resigns. Um, I think long term we're in a good position. Okay, all right. So l- l- let me uh, uh, let me talk to my guys about this one, man. Junior, I already know your 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 take on this on this trade, and we we were together when uh when this trade went down. But uh, so I already know your take on this. But so let me let, let me get Jay Hill's take real quick on this on this Westbrook trade. So Jay Hill, talk to us about how you initially felt. You know, being a third party, not war, not a uh, Lakers, and not Wizards. <laughs> uh. First of all, I just have to say for the Wizards, amazing trade. Uh, you get rid of a guy like Westbrook. Not not to say he's never won a championship. And, and and for all the accolades that he's accomplished, and I'm not taking any way, thing away from him, he's a great player. We've seen what he's done. He's a triple-double machine, the leader, all-time leader in that category. But ultimately, triple-doubles don't win championships. And that backcourt wasn't working out for them. So like Jesse spoke on, you know, the assets that they got in return, Kyle Kuzma, who I think Junior spoke about it the other uh, few episodes ago, who's a great, amazing player. Obviously, he took a step back and he was a role player for the Lakers. But just that the fact that he can do that and he's able to, you know, take a step back where before he was averaging, you know, 17, 18, and he was the one second or first option on, you know, a young Lakers team. And now I think he's going to be in a position to do very, very well there and flourish um, as being, you know, one of the three top options on that roster. And then Montrez Harrell, I think he's going to be a beast in the East, honestly. No no rhyme there. I mean, just just I think he's going to eat a, a, as, as, you know, we talked about them needing a big man. I think he's great if they want to play small. 
Um, they put him in that five for a replacement for Thomas Bryant, who we don't know what his health is going to be. I think that's a great addition. And then a lockup defender, adding uh, Contavious Caldwell Polk, uh, is a great addition, you know, a championship proven player. So I think they won. And you get rid of a contract like Westbrook. And honestly, I don't know how they're going to do. He's been played with a lot of great players throughout his career and just out of LeBron's list, probably obviously the best he's played with, some would say. Uh, but I, 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 <laughs> would you say that, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying some would say um, wait jay hill you got to give him a backstory you got to tell you people, give jesse some context you got to yeah, give the dude. people a backstory you're you're the biggest kd uh lover he, he jay hill just so everyone knows that jay hill said that because russell westbrook also played with kd and jay hill <laughs> loves kd that's his guy man so he's got to give the fans some context yeah, no, I, I mean, I obviously think Katie's a great player. Um, and, and and Westbrook's had a chance to play with two great players and, and top, honestly top, arguably you can make the argument that Beal's a top five or definitely a top 10 scorer in the league. And, and Katie's one, it's probably the best scorer in the league, if we're being honest. And uh, just, just I, I think... I think the the Wizards really won because you I, they're not winning with that backcourt. So that that's really how I feel about that, Junior. I actually haven't heard what you felt about the Wizard side of the deal. Because yeah, no, yeah, I think it was I think it was a good trade for all parties involved. You know, I think the Lakers were able to bolster their their you know starting five core. Obviously, Dennis Schroeder wasn't cutting it, um, and the Wizards were able to, like Justin said, that Beal that Beal Westbrook. I think was I I almost thought it's like sprints like you can get good results out of it for a while but it's not going to mm-hmm. last too long so I mean Justin said I don't think that backcourt was winning in anything particularly so so I think that the Lakers win and the Wizards and the Wizards win as well on that trade you know they're able to pick up some good assets and, and Kuzma KCP I know Justin said lockdown defender I would have loved to see lost some lockdown defense last <laughs> season <laughs> but but uh, but he's definitely a championship proven player and I mean actually if you do look at the 2020 run he was probably the third best player on that Lakers team behind LeBron and AD obviously and there's no shame being behind LeBron and AD you know so I, I do I do think that uh the, the Wizards definitely made a, they definitely benefited from the trade as well. You know, it wasn't as one-sided as other trades we've seen in the past. Yeah, man. And that actually transitions us uh, is, is perfect into my next, my next question that I have to I have for you, Jesse, you know, um, while Jay Hill, while Jay Hill was talking, he mentioned, uh, he mentioned to us that it, it's good for the Wizards to be able to get off not only uh, Westbrook and his, I guess some would say inefficient plays, but also his massive contract, you know, huge so that contract. huge, exactly his huge contract. So my question to you, Jesse, is, are you personally like Jesse, you, the, you, the person, are you more excited about getting rid of Westbrook in that contract? Or are you more excited about the players that you guys got? And, you know, like how Jay Hill and Junior mentioned, you know, KCP, Kuz, uh, Trez. I know it was a five-team trade, so you guys also got Aaron Holiday. You got Isaiah Todd. You got Spencer Dinwiddie was also part Spencer, of that. Spencer, man. Yeah, Spencer that's – so, the Spencer was – I got some questions for Spencer. We'll get into Spencer. Ah. But, but talk to me about who do you – did you feel more excited about the players or getting rid of Westbrook as a Wizards fan? As a Wizards fan, I was – happier about the Westbrook contract because what what really happened is you have John Wall's massive contract from years ago and you trade that contract for another massive contract in Russell Westbrook but you're able to flip Westbrook into something good 
So it was just long-term planning. And at that point, you know, Russell Westbrook was more valuable now, and we were able to get that return. Like, it's, it's hard for me to say, you know, I have to choose one because they were both really good moves. And now with that bench, it, again, it puts us in a really good position going forward. However, I'm not saying that, like, Russell Westbrook was just, like, a holdover. Like, getting to the playoffs for uh, Hachimura and our two young guys, that was key. And Hachimura was studying Westbrook, you know? Like, that. he, he was able to spend the whole season with a player of that caliber. It's like something – he must have learned something, and he learns how the guy works. And, look. That's a kind of Russell Westbrook is a kind of work ethic that doesn't come along very often. Like say what you will about how he plays, but his work ethic is just undeniable. So I think the young guys learn something from that. So it's not all, you know, yes, inefficient play, don't get me wrong, but there are other things that Russell Westbrook brought to the Wizards in that one year that he was there. Yeah. Well, a player like Westbrook brings uh, brings tons of intangibles man um but jesse uh you know i think i know your answer but i i i gotta i gotta get it on wax here i gotta get it from from you but sure. do you think you no know, now that westbrook's gone shipped out to los angeles do you think that westbrook and beal could have worked uh, i don't think so okay. i think it was just a short-term solution me, me too it, between between the contract and between you know keeping beal happy because like, let's be honest, Beal was not happy before Westbrook. He was looking for a way out, and it was a short-term holdover solution. But that being said, you know, it's just Westbrook, he's inefficient. He's a ball-dominant guy. You know, yes, he gets his triple-doubles, but he takes over a lot of the offense. Beal is a guy who needs the ball to score. And the other problem is that the Washington, Washington spacing was just not there. Outside of Dennis Bertrand, who do you have? Hachimura can step out and hit a three but it's not floor stretching. He's not reliable at that three-pointer. So it just on the makeup of the squad, it just wasn't going to work. Whereas now, you know, with the drafting of uh, Chris Burt, you also have um, KCP coming in, and you also have Bertrands coming off the bench, maybe. Now you have more spacing, and now you let Beal operate. He's either going to collapse the defense and throw it to a corner, or he's going to take a guy iso and nobody can, nobody can help off of him. So just... Squad construction-wise, it's better now than it was, and I honestly don't think with the squad that was there, the Russell Westbrook Beal backcourt was not going to be able to work. Yeah, I mean, I I, I personally would agree. I don't know if uh, Beal and Westbrook would have ever worked, but mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion also on the, the the next the next duo. You know, we just we just talked about Spence. You know, you guys got Spence for a steal, man. So how are you feeling about Spencer Dinwiddie and his uh, pairing with Bradley Beal? You know, before, I was, I kind of felt bad for Spencer Dinwiddie as soon as the Kyrie Irving thing happened. Like, Kyrie Irving goes goes to Brooklyn. You know, Spencer was working off that injury. And I, if I remember correctly, it was a long-term injury. And, you know, he just lost his spot because, you know, things happen. You know, Katie started recruiting. You get Kyrie in there. And suddenly he's regulated to a bench spot. But he's a quality starter. He's going to get you, like, at the very least, he's going to get you 15 points, give you five boards, and he's going to distribute the ball. And, you know, he's, he's occasionally, like, if you need him to get a bucket, he's going to go get you a bucket. So you don't lose that, you know, second score, second option from Beal, because Beal does need that second score. He needs help. 
So that's really good. And fit-wise, it's, it's just better. And he comes in being traded with something to prove, too. Like, he lost his spot. He's coming in. He's like, he gets another shot at it, at being a starting point guard. He, he's he's going to be good this season. Okay. So let, let me ask you something really quick. Sure. I know, obviously, I want you to think realistically and not as a fan, but <laughs> does Bradley Beal finish his career on the Wizards? And if not, how long until he's gone? I think the answer to that question is going to be solved this season. This season. Interesting. Because big season come ahead. This, this is a big season. No, it really is. This is a big season. Um, Tommy Shepard, the GM, has really put all his chips on this season. Okay. Because, you know, you go grab a bench for him, you know, the, the squad is more evened out. But, like, you, you do all these moves for Beal, but Beal's op- he has a player option at the end of the year, I believe. If not, it's at the end of next year. But... It, it, time's ticking, and if this doesn't work, Beal's going to walk. He has that player option. At the Maybe if we find out early that it's not going to work, we can trade him for assets, but th- this is it. This is crunch time. If it doesn't work what's, this season, yeah. yeah. What's an, what's, an acceptable, what's an acceptable finish for the Wizards? Because obviously, I mean, do you, you could be realistic, but do you think they're winning the title? Probably not. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it's not like title or bust for Bradley Beal to say. What oh, would no. you say is an acceptable result for the end of the season? We were, uh, we were an unconvincing eighth seed, but Justin knows about that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> he takes off his glasses. Like, Excuse me. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, realistically, I think we're better than Boston. So a seventh seed would would be just about what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, it really depends. Miami. Miami has a good squad on paper, but that's the thing. It's on paper. Once they start playing, sometimes the wheels fall off. Well, they got Kyle Lowry now. Yeah, that's the thing. You got look, you got Kyle Lowry. Gotta see how, yeah. yeah. And again, Indiana. See how things gel. Indiana, yeah. you know. It's another team that's there. like, mm-hmm. are they there? Are they not? It's a little tough with, with the Pacers, I feel like sometimes. Right. Uh, but I think realistically, a seventh, sixth, if, we, if we're really – if everything, if all our pieces gel and everything's done well, 60 would be really good. Okay. Jehu. You're muted. Je- Jehu. So on the next, yeah. So Jesse, on the next segment, uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. We, we got clutch talk timeout. So usually what I'd ask is who is the number one option on, on the, on the, on your team, on the person's team. And on the Wizards, it's clearly Bradley Beal. I mean, no questions asked, unless you have any objections. Is, is it Bradley Beal is the number Bradley one Beal. in clutch time? Right. So my next question for you is, in the upcoming season, mm-hmm. uh, who, who is your starting five? What is that looking like? And then who, talk about, your, you know, your bench, your rotation. Who do you, who do you got? Who are you going to next year? All right. Um, my starting, spent, you know, starting spent at the one. Brad at the two, three, three's tough because you could put KCP, but then you lose shooting off the bench. So I just talent wise, I would say KCP, but that, that can change a lot. Uh, four, four, I'm going Hachimura and then uh, center is, is Thomas Bryant. Yeah, like you said, he's a very serviceable piece. Ten points, five rebounds. He's solid. 
He'll he'll he won't rock the boat. Off the bench, the bench is going to be really interesting because Denny Avdija. I'm not butchering. I'm butchering that. I know you you're know, talking about. Yeah, like that guy. He's a point forward, and having that's the thing about Russell Westbrook. It was a good trade financially. Fit wise, it was difficult on multiple levels. For Denny, it was bad because he's a point forward. He likes to get on transition. His best attribute is dribbling and vision. And Russell Westbrook just gets the ball and just goes. And whoever's in his way, you know, he's going to get a bucket. He's going to go coast to coast. So now you don't have Westbrook. Now you have Denny. Denny is going to be your ball handler coming off the bench. He's creative. He can get other people's shots. So, yeah. And then you have Bertrand's, uh, in Bertrand's coming off the bench, too. You know, you can have several lineups where it's you have Bill Hachimura and then everybody else around them, you know, shooters. So there's a lot of more flexibility. And yeah, I think the bench is going to be really interesting with Danny. And then you also have you you have Harold coming off the bench. And that guy, he doesn't stop. He does not he's stop. He's falling all the time. He's falling all the time. Exactly. So and the other thing is that you don't even have to draw a place for that guy like he's going to go get you points because he's going to be on the boards so he's going to be really scrappy and yeah no i i really think the for the benches is, is it's going to be really interesting that's going to be a make or break part of the wizards is the bench if the bench comes to play it's going to be good so yeah, I, I like i like that lineup so you i noticed you didn't mention anything about kyle kuzma is that is that is there a reason for that or, 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 or what's up he's getting no run in the starting five no, no love bench. hey jesse uh, starting five, no bench like, let me let, let me add this i gotta right. i gotta add this in as a yeah. lakers fan i gotta add if kyle kuzma has any pressure to be uh-huh. anything he's not gonna play well but if he has no pressure if you say kuz just go get me a couple of rebounds he's gonna go out there hit some big threes 40 he's gonna give you a 40 piece so <laughs> if you have him off the bench don't worry like if because Rui, Rui hachimori like that's that's his position kuz gotta take a back seat now kuz gotta right. take a huge back seat and i think that's actually gonna be good for you guys because when he takes a back seat he plays a lot better hmm. uh yeah that I'm not going to say it was on accident. I'm, I'm not ex- exactly a, a Kyle Kuz fan. Um, uh, but the other thing is that we have a lot of power forwards on our team. We have four or five power forwards. I honestly think at some point in the season, we're going to lose some of these guys. Bertrand, look, that guy, all contenders are looking for floor stretchers. And uh, the general manager, Shep- Shepard, if he gets a good deal for him, I think he lets him go. Um, for Danny, the only untouchables are probably Danny and Hachimura, just because they're so young and you want to see how they plan out. Montrose Harrow is another thing. He had, he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. The season. So, yeah. yeah. So if you're trying, if you're not trying to re-sign him, you're going to try to flip him for assets also. Kyle Kuzma, I mean, it's the same thing. Or his contract is still good, but I can see him being flipped for assets. And Shepard has, has a history of flipping bench players for second rounders and throwing them as sweeteners for other deals. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that either Kyle Montrez or Bertrand aren't on the, on the roster for the rest of the season or at the end of the season. And then last question about your roster decisions, which I really like the rotation as well. But what about uh, the rookie, the 15th pick, Corey Kisper from Gonzaga? You know, he he has made it, his team made it to all the way to the national championship. 
Uh, he's, he's, he's a tough, gritty player. He's not going to be a scorer, I don't think, um, just based off in, in the summer league, but he's going to be a great role player. What about him and how does he fit into the rotation, if not, if at all? You know, he's watching him play at Gonzaga. Yeah, he was definitely, he was definitely like scrappy. He's definitely somebody you don't want to be guarded by because he's just going to be in your face the whole time. Like a- athleticism is maybe a question at this level, but you know his three-point shooting by itself. You know the league now just puts a premium on shooting. If you can space the floor and let your star go to work, you know that's very valuable on the offensive side of the ball. And there, there's always a role for three-point players like him. It's the same way with Bertrand. Bertrand's, you know, he's a good shooter. Don't expect him a lot on defense. You know, he's a role player. If he sticks to his role doesn't try you know to play outside of that then he'll be solid and you know there's rotations that will work for him like as saying like before you know this this team is a lot more flexible and there's there's intent behind this team they got out and got a lot of you know shooters you know you have if Hachimura develops you have a guy you can go to in the post like I was saying earlier the the east you need a big man you know, with Russell gone, I think Hachimura gets more touches and he develops a lot faster. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so Jesse, I have a, um, a huge question. I, I have to get your opinion on, especially, you know, you, um, you holding it down for, for the Wizards. If, <laughs> if, if, the, if the Wizards management, you know, mm-hmm. gave you a call, you know, you woke up one day, phone ringing, like, oh, man, who is it? Wizards. <laughs> and then the Wizards say, Jesse – we don't know what direction to go. What direction do we do? Like, do we tank? Do we build around Bradley Beal? Because I, I need to know, because right now it really looks like you guys are in a, that, no, that no man's island or that like yeah. that seven to nine seed to where you're going to make mm-hmm. the playoffs, but uh, you're never going to get good draft picks. You're going to get bounced in the first round. If you get lucky, make it to second. Play round. ends. P- play ends. <laughs> play ends. Right. So, so. Talk to me about how do you feel about the situation? Do you personally want to see them tank? Do you want to see them build around Bradley Beal? Or, or how, how do you feel about that? Um, let's see. It's a t- you're in a tough spot because the other thing, you have, you have to consider contracts in all these situations, you know? You know Brad Beal has a player option, and he can leave. And I think management has already made a decision by that Russell Westbrook trade. So they really are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Right now, you just – you try to convince Beal that this team is going on an upward trajectory. And by getting to that sixth seed, I think you do that. You convince him to, to stay another year, and you don't tank. As soon as Beal loses confidence in management, you, you, you got to blow it up. That's, in, in my opinion, just looking at it objectively – so you have to blow it up. You know, you have you have pieces, you have Bertrands, you have, you know, these valuable pieces, standalone pieces that if you were to blow it up, you can get you can get assets from contenders. So you're not you're not in a bad spot either way. As a fan, I'd much rather, you know, hold on to Beal and go on that, you know, run to the sixth seed. But yeah, it's it's a it's a tough call. It really is a tough call. Okay. What do you think you came back for Bradley Beal? I'm sorry. What do you think? What kind of assets do you think you can, you can get back for Bradley Beal? If say you were to trade him, honestly, it depends on where. But 
Like, Can you get a top 10 player in the league? But then you would also have to look at con- – in my opinion, you have to look at contracts also. Yeah. Like, you don't – Oh, you, yeah, you definitely do cap-wise. Cap-wise, right. <laughs> um, but you could also – what you could do is trade – Trade Beal away for maybe an aging an aging star that has a lot of uh, salary left, and then if that team throws in a pick, a few picks, and like some young players, I think that would be acceptable. I I got a team for you. I got a I got a team for you. So say Bob Myers c- calls you up. You're you're the, you're the, you're, uh, you're you're you're, uh, the, you're, you're the Wizards <laughs> front office. Golden State's on the phone. We say I'm Bob Myers. I say. Who do you want on a roster? We want Bradley Beal. We want to pair him with Stephen Curry in the backcourt. Who do you want from us? Who are you taking? We got James Wiseman. We got Clay Thompson's been his name's been thrown around. Uh, we we got Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Moses Moody. We got a lot of options. We got picks. We got a lot of so who who do you, we got Andrew Wiggins? Who do you want in, in a trade back from the Warriors? Who's been thrown around a lot in that those rumors? I think you get you try to get a combination of Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, and throwing a pick, and some kind of combination. If you get Clay, you can flip him. I don't. I don't. If would you flip Clay Thompson? That's a great player. Would you trade Clay Thompson, Jay Hill? Well, yeah. If you're the Warriors, do you trade Clay Thompson first of all? Like, if you if the Warriors can get Bradley Beal, well, yeah, without Clay. No, I, oh, yeah. I, I, that's just a hypothetical trade, yeah. but, and there's also, you know, Draymond, but I'm just wondering as a wizard fan, who do you think, what do you think as warriors, who's been rumors of that trade happening as a wizards fan, who would you want back in return for Bradley Beal? It would have to be a combination of one of the three. And then you, if you, if you're getting Bradley Beal, you can't have Clay Thompson on the same team. Unless you're playing small ball the whole time, so I think Clay Thompson has to be in that trade. So it would have to be a Clay Thompson, a young, a young pick, a young player, or a pick, something of that sort. Boy, if the Wizards could get Clay Thompson and Wiseman from the Warriors, sheesh, that'd, that'd be, be great. That'd be that'd be a a great move for the Wizards, and I think a great great move both ways. Ooh, that would be good. That's, that would nah, nah, you know, that's, not, <laughs> not for the, the Warriors. Warriors I get- Wait, yeah, I don't think the Warriors are giving up Clay for, for Bradley Beal. No, I agree. I don't think they would do that. I, I think Clay Thompson is absolutely untouchable. But I'm saying if the Wizards were able to pull pull that off, that'd be like the greatest thing oh, that yeah. happens to them. Oh, yeah, oh. I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Aside from Kevin Durant walking on in free agency. <laughs> all right, Jesse. So I got I, I gotta I think I, I think I know your answer to this, you know, because I don't think you're crazy, but I got I gotta ask. I gotta ask Jesse, you know, um, do you think that the wizard, I know you want to, I know in the, the desires in your heart are please keep Bradley Beal, but do you think the wizard should do right by that man and trade him? Because Jesse, I, I, I generally feel bad for the guy. 60 point loss, 50 point loss, 45 point loss, 46 point loss, 50 point loss. It, it, it's just, and this is all this season. This is all this season. So, I, you know, the, uh, as NBA fans, we know that, you know, the rumors is like the um, the Wizards need to do right by Beal and, and send them to a contender. How do you feel? Do you selfishly want to grow with Beal? Or are you like, man, thank you for what you've done. Just go ahead and, and win. 
I mean, this is why I retired from being a, a wizard shiner in the first place. <laughs> it, it's a it's a tough it's a tough you know situation to be in as a fan because you're like you want you want Beal to have all the success. You know, we drafted him. You know, we we watched him develop to you know a, a superstar that he is now, and like I would want. I think now we have the management in place to get him to where he wants to go, but now. Timelines are misaligned, you know. The, this GM just got here, and he might be the one to develop a squad around him to get him to where he wants to go. But Bradley Beal's, what, 27, 28? You know, his time to win or his time to compete for a championship is now. And, you know, I, I don't – you know, I'm biased because I've seen John Wall, right? You know, so much promise. And then, you know, unfortunately, he gets injured and the career never recovered with, you know, not exactly in the same line. You know, I just saw that happen with, with John. I don't want that to happen to, to Beal, you know. So as a fan, you know, I'm optimistic. But at the same time, you know, it's unproven. You know, this this year is a really pivotal year. And, you know. If this was last year, I just tell him like, you know what, blow it up, let let Bill fly, you know, trade him to a contender and and you know get some pieces. But you know, if that was last year, this year, I, I want to keep him and, and I want to see how this goes. That that's that's really my opinion right now. It's like I just I want to see how this ends. Okay, all right. So you 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 want to give give Bill a chance, man? All right. Yeah. So Jay J- J- Hill, what's up? Talk to us. Yeah. So as he, you know. Before this episode, I, I got to admit, John and I were going back and forth. And and what I was saying to John was, and we, we were get go, getting heavy into this debate. I'm, I'm a huge believer in Bradley Beal. I think he's a top five you know, scorer in the league, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And what I said to John was, you know, or, or he brought up to me, he says, I think Zach Levine is right there, maybe a little bit below him, but he is right. He, he is almost equivalent. As, as a, a player to, to as, sorry, as a scorer to, to, to Bradley Beal. And I said, no way. I'm with no, Jay Hill on this one. Not. Absolutely oh, not. Bradley but, Beal's a top five scorer in the league. He is. Like, I'm not what, saying what, what, he's not, but I'm saying that. Sorry, let, let Jay Hill finish. Let Jay Hill finish. <laughs> Go, Jay. Oh, no, Desi, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on, on that statement? And, and kind of kind of if you feel one way or the other towards the player and, and give me that reason why, you know, you're – think Bradley Beal is above are they equal maybe even let's talk Chicago's knocking on the door and saying we'll give you straight up his lags of lean for Bradley Beal what are you saying to that it's a great, great question. question great question yeah Zach Levine's more athletic and younger you know, his finishing his finishing in traffic is just insane I'm not gonna say it's better than Beal but are, are they the, similar in age? I think Levine's, I think Levine's younger, isn't significantly he? younger. Beal is 28. I think Levine's yeah. like 23 or 24. Zach Levine is... Zach Levine I don't know is... about significantly. He's like 25, I want to say. He's, yeah, he's, he's no. 25. He's 25. Yeah. So three years. If it's Dude. a straight-up trade, I think I take Levine just because he's younger and he still has that athletic bounce. And yeah, Beal is wow. athletic. And a more technical scorer, but with the right coaching, you can develop Levine to be more technical in that 
in that side of the ball. But oh, that, that's hard, man. It's hard. I'm getting something Jesse, else out of Chicago. You you do realize that Beal was the second leading scorer in the league last year and the second leading scorer in the league the year before, right? You're giving up a player who's averaged 30. For a player who's – he's gone up a year – like yearly, his averages have gone up yearly scoring in Zach Levine, but he's never touched close to 30. I think his most was 27 points per game, and he's a high-volume scorer. He has the ball in his hand a lot. Bradley Beal was playing with Russell Westbrook. We both know that, and still putting up those numbers. So you're 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 willing to do that? I want Brad Beal is insane. Think about it a more. Like the think think. Was- that's just Kevin Durant, James Harden. After that, you're probably talking about Bradley Beal's score. Maybe you want to throw Steph Curry in there too. Obviously, he won the scoring title. But after that, you got you 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 don't get past five without at least mentioning Bradley Beal. Like that's a dangerous score. Yeah. I'll get to uh, 10 before I get to Zach Levine. I think. Wow. No, you won't. No, you won't. As a score, Jenner, Jenner, as a score, no, you won't. You don't realize I'll, that. I'll sit and think. Zach I'll sit Levine, and think, but like, I'm probably taking Devin Booker over Zach Levine. What? We're talking yeah, about absolutely. Zach I'm Levine. Zach yeah. Levine is, is averaging 27, 28 points per game. This last year averaged 28 points per game on 50% shooting from the field and 41% from the three. Efficiency. No, okay, but, okay, but, but I, I want an I want an efficient player. I don't I don't, I don't want you just chucking up missing. I want you, I want an efficient player. Bradley Beal, yes, he scored less points. I, I mean Zach Levine, yes, he scored less points than Bradley Beal, but Zach Levine did it on a higher efficiency from the three-point line and a higher efficiency from the field. And a high efficiency from the free throw line, but I gotta get I gotta give it to you. The, you know, thirty two is that's that's insane. But let's not act like Zach Levine is crazy. Like I had a, I was quiet the whole time you, you guys were talking, but the second you said ten scores that are better than Zach Levine, no dog. I can <laughs> I, I can think I can think I can think I I I'm like, I gotta make a list. I'm gonna make a list. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It, it could be like, you, could be like eight or nine, but not five like Bradley Beal. Okay, exactly. so okay, so okay, just real quick, just real quick. Okay, you you guys think Bradley Beal is a better scorer? Okay, you, we know Durant's Kevin's a better scorer. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Harden is a better scorer. Harden. Curry is a better scorer. Curry is a better scorer. Curry. Devin Booker is a better scorer. Mm. I, I would say so, mm. but you start getting close. It uh, starts getting see. real iffy. Uh, it starts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You Ten see, is a lot of players. Okay, like I'm thinking, I might, I might want to throw Luka Doncic in there too. Uh, we're talking about as a score, not as an overall player. As just, I'm no, I know. Score, I was, Dame, I think, as is a, a score. better score. Dame's a Damian better score. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is a, Damian Lillard is a better score. score. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't finish nearly as well as Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Zach Levine got a got a three pointer. It's not like he and he got crazy range. Man, so does Damian Lillard. No, I, I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. But I'm saying Zach Levine's way better at finishing around the hoop than Dame is. Versus Dame isn't a way better shooter than Zach. Levine. Zach Levine got a strap to him. He got a strap. He, he, he does. This is he does. crazy. Look, I, I look, I, I would say Zach Levine's a maybe top seven, top eight scorer in the league, but I think wow. Bradley Beal's top five. And, and we're not, remember, it's not just scoring. When you look at an overall player, I think Bradley Beal's a top 15 player in the league where I'm putting Levine closer to maybe top 25. But I agree. Overall. Oh, I agree. I agree. Overall. But I'm, but, but we're talking just as a Just score. scoring. Okay. Just but then let's look at the trade. I, I yeah. okay, so Levine's a great scorer, but when you're looking at the trade, you're, you're getting the whole player, right? Like, if I, I at least what I'm saying is, if I'm the Wizards, 
I'm asking for more than just Levine. Obviously, you're not going to get Levine and Lonzo Ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you could get if you could get Levine and someone who, who could, I mean, I want to say my guy Alex Caruso. Like he's because he's not a superstar. He's not a superstar, right? It's not like oh, you're getting Levine and, and a starting quality player, right? Levine and Vucevic. You're never getting that for Bradley Beal. But if you could get Levine and Caruso, now now we're talking. Like I'm talking about a player who can come off the bench and make an impact. Okay. Man, John's got, John's got the statistics face. I don't know, one for one. I'm not doing that. I just, yeah. I just want to one for one deal for Levine. No way. I think you can I get need more, more out if of I'm it. Washington. Even, even, yeah. even, even if, even if you're an NBA team and you're planning for the future, yeah, it's not, that's, it's that's not, it's not like was, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, Jesse. Go ahead. That's where I was thinking about this trade. It's like if you're looking forward, right? You draft. You know, you, this Wizards team is. It skews young, but you have really good role players or, you know, experienced role players. And if you have a 20-year-old Beal, and right now would be his prime, but now you trade to Zach Levine and somebody else, and now suddenly your timeline shifts where it's like, okay, now we can go young and we, can, we have more runway to plan and build a, a better team around him. And if you're in a GM and this, this new GM, you know, if – if that comes across your table as Zach Levine plus somebody for, for Beal, I think you take a good hard look at it and start to rethink whether or not do you commit to Beal or do you go young and give yourself more runway to tinker with the team to actually make a contender in the East. Plus somebody. Uh, I, I would consider yeah. that plus somebody, but straight yeah. up, I mean, I don't know. Man. Yeah, well, John, I, I am and what about like the original scenario, but yeah, you know, after after what you guys were talking about, yeah. You, you, you take it, need some plus somebody. Are you taking are you taking uh, I mean this is for everybody, but John, I want to ask you first, are you taking Zach Levine as a score over that boy Jason Tatum? Because he can get you a 50 piece whenever he wants. Sure, he might not be as efficient as a three-point shooter, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he shot all these threes. If one's got 50, the other one's got 30 points, JT could get you a bucket yeah, whenever yeah, I, he wants. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't put him over Jason Tatum. I can't, I can't put him over Jason Tatum. But. You know what, what level I put uh, Zach Levine as a scorer? I put him slightly above. Don't, don't be appalled, but I put him slightly above as a Brandon Ingram. I, wow. I, I, in terms of That's scoring, crazy, Brandon Ingram goes get you a bucket though. Brandon Ingram is a bucket and he'll get you a bucket. Mm -hmm. I'm saying Levine is a better scorer than Brandon Ingram, but he's not on, on that. Uh, I would say, I'd say he's below Devin Booker. I'd say he's below Jason Tatum as a scorer. Uh, we know I'm not the biggest Booker fan, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, as a scorer, I think he, 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 he can give you that, but that's no disrespect to Zach Levine at all. Like he's an amazing like player. Yeah. He's a great player. Absolutely. He's just, the league mm -hmm. has got so many talented scorers. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. out of the, out of all those scorers we talked about, you could really look at Steph, James Harden and KD and think these are not just the best scorers in the league right now. These might be one of the best scorers of all time. Mm -hmm. Like these are generational scorers. So that's not a knock to Zach Levine at all at all Levine's a great player I just think that there's a lot of scoring in the league right now man yeah uh, that there's a lot of scoring man so that's that's definitely up for um up for the bait up for the option man but I like I like that little tangent I like that that was nice man so for uh but I just want to ask for the fans man for the fans where really you guys are listening on uh Apple Podcast. If you guys listen to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, make sure that you guys go on our Instagram and let us know. You know, let us know who's a better scorer. Do you would you rather have Beal or would you rather have Zach Levine or somebody else? Is there somebody else that you guys have? Or if you guys are on YouTube, go ahead and just you know scroll down. Go ahead, write down a comment. Is Beal or or, uh, or or Levine, man? But 
So let's let, let's, let's, keep, let's keep it pushing here, man. So um, so Jesse, uh, I have a, a last couple of questions here I have for you. But before I get to that, I have one final like I I need to get your opinion on this, and that's Ruchi Hakam Ruchi Hakamura, very unor unorthodox player. Yeah. But with that body frame, six eight, uh, a six six, he's six eight. He's a seven two or seven three wingspan, I believe. Like he can be a great defender in this league any day if you just mm -hmm. give him the right tools that he needs. But a big a big question mark is the Wizards timeline that we've been talking about. Bradley Beal yeah. is twenty eight. So would you risk um, shipping out Ruchi Hakamura for a win now player to help Bradley Beal and fit this Wizards timeline? No, no, I don't think you do that. Because, yeah, man, it's the management stuff can be hard, rock in a hard place. Because you have two really young players that, what, this is going to be Hachimura's third season. You know, by the third season, was any, you know, you still need time to develop that kind of player. And he's really, he has potential to be a, like a three level scorer, too. You already know in the paint, he's, he's really good. Inside, you know, five feet, he's going to get you a bucket. You know, he can step out. You can, he can hit, you know, mid-range. He, he can do it. And if you give him more time, he can develop it further. The post-game, same thing. You can develop it further. And then he can step out. And having a four that can step out is necessary in this game. You know, um, I was looking at the, the three-point percentages this year. It's like the three out of the four conference champ, uh, championship contenders Three, they were in the top 10 at three-point percentage. The only one outside was Atlanta, and they were 12. So you need shooting and you need spacing if you're going to contend. And if you trade away Hachimura, then you trade away that potential to have that big that can step out, but also dominate in the paint. And I don't think that's something you let go of, you know, even to get Bradley Beal, you know, some help. Because Bradley Beal, you know, he's on the older side. You know, the contract, the contract can either fall your way or not. There's a lot of risk in going all in for Beal, and to that extent, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, so Jesse, you know, as we start to uh, wrap it up here, the, to these last two questions that we'd love to ask the fans here is um, first, first being Jesse. You know, we if we we can't account for health. Hopefully, we have a great year this year. No COVID, none, none of that. If you have a healthy roster, where do you guys finish? We have a healthy roster. <sighs> We have a healthy roster. Um, sixth, yeah. If we can look, if the if we can upset some people, come playoffs, man. I'll just say we, we can make a run at the at the conference championship. But once, you know, once you get to the playoffs, it's all about who you playing. You could you right, could get lucky. Exactly. It's all about who you playing. You can get lucky. Right, right, right. But, you gotta get lucky four times out of seven. Like the Suns. Team. That's that's difficult. <laughs> yeah, but the Suns had injuries to deal with. I'm though, just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> no, I do, I, I do, I do, I do get that. No, no, that's true. I mean, I, or, I mean, I don't even want to. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna say it because then Jay Hill's gonna say I'm Hayden. <laughs> I was I was gonna say the Hawks, but Jay Hill's Jay Hill's are Hawks police here, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say that. But you, you, but that's another team you got to look out for too. I think the Hawks are a team that's yeah. on the up and up as well, and they're gonna they're gonna be taking one of those play one of those eight playoff spots, you know. So you obviously you got your your staple three. You have Miami. You have you know the Hawks. And then then you're already up to what fifth. So now it's like, are you guys gonna be better than Boston?
Boston, I think if you stay healthy, there's a shot. Are you guys yeah. going to be better than, 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 than Miami, than the Pacers? So Knicks. I start the Knicks, Knicks, the Knicks too. I mean, the Knicks were, they were serious last year. Right? I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. The East is not, it's not, it's not a Pacers. Yeah. No, the Pacers. Are <laughs> I mean, more, there's yeah. teams. there's yeah. not, the East is not a, t- a, a conference where it used to be in the past Bulls. years where you could, the Bulls, they the stepped up goes, a lot. Yeah. The Bulls, the Rosen, man. The Bulls are going to be, Yeah. You can't just be getting a losing record and getting the playoffs <laughs> in the East anymore. I remember when uh, when the Lakers were down bad a couple of years ago, and and it was like, oh, if they were in the East, they would have been in the eighth seed, and because they're in the West, they're like twelve. You know, like <laughs> it's not like that anymore. Now you got to be good to get to make the playoffs in either conference. So that's awesome. Definitely makes yeah. for good competition. Definitely, yeah. man. That's what we like to see. We like to see good basketball, man. But all right, all right, Jesse. So our last question that we have here for you is, Jesse, if you could give us one word or one phrase to describe about how you felt as a Wizards fan this past year, and then one word or one phrase to describe about how you feel of being a Wizards fan this uh, upcoming 2021-2022 year. I want to say a feeling, but a word to describe the season that just happened was probably overachieved. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, getting to the playoffs with the team we had, we didn't deserve it. So, yeah, overachieving for next season, it's uh, – I'm going to say optimistic. You know, I really like m- the management, the, the way they're, they're going about their, their trading, their drafting. You know, just the management is putting the pieces in place to be good long-term, and that's – you know, independent of Beal, you know, yes, you have Beal on your team, but just how management has been playing the last two years, getting rid of John Wall's contract, getting, you know, Russell Westbrook, flipping him for a bench, you know, um, all your filler player, you've been trading with your filler players for a second round picks to throw in a sweetener for other deals. You know, they've been really sneaky in, in being in big trades. They were in the AD trade. They traded cast considerations for a second rounder. You know, they're, they're smart. You know, in the past, their role as bottom feeder with cap space, they played it really well. So if, if management keeps doing that, you know, it's, it's an upward trajectory. But again, you know, management is only half of the equation. The players have to perform. And that's, you know, I, I'm really optimistic. Uh, this season is going to be really fun to watch. And I might actually just come out of retirement, you know? And actually, you know, you know, actively watch my wizards. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I like it. I like your two words, Jesse. So um, this, this is a good point for us to go ahead and transition to our closing segment that we do here on Clutch Talk called Guess the Player. This is how Guess the Player works. Uh, Jesse, I have three players here listed. Uh, you, Jay Hill, and Junior, you guys each have two guesses to guess the player that I'm talking about. I have a bunch of things that they did, uh, things that they were known for, numbers they wore, teams they got drafted to, and you, Jay Hill, and Junior have two guesses. You got it? And you could just blurt it out. Also. Whenever like, you if want. You, you know right. it, you just say it. Just say yeah, it right save your guess guesses too. Yeah. Here we the, go. the clues will inevitably just get easier. There we hmm. go. All right, here we go. Our first player, he changed the NBA forever forever because of this guy he is a two-time all-star game mvp he is a one-time nba mvp he is a 11-time all-star dirk what was that dirk no not dirk he is a four-time scoring champion 
You said he was a. I'm gonna take a guess because I don't know if it's one or two MVPs, but is it Carl Malone? It's not Carl Malone. Okay. Okay. He, he won the MVP. I think he won it twice, actually. Won it twice. He won it twice. Okay. This guy is a three-time steals leader. Okay. Were you said he was a one-time champion? Yes. No, 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 no. I didn't. I did not say anything about champion. I didn't say anything about champion. He actually has zero rings. Okay. Okay. He, in the NBA world, he's known as a fashion icon. No. Oh, Walt Frazier. No. Oh, well, he was the fashion icon, dog. No, he (laughs) wasn't. About the OGs. Who? Uh, I'm gone now, so. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's keep this uh, going. Does that count? My no, I didn't meet. I didn't say. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm out too. Right. I, I had to <laughs> all right, this guy. All right, so it was, you guys are both out. All right, so then this guy brought tattoos to the NBA. Oh, oh AI. Oh, man. Come on, guys. <laughs> Dude, you AI, said, right? Man, that was hard. Yeah, yes, Iverson. Man, you, man Walt <laughs> Frazier, bro. Look him not, up. Hell no, nah, man. That's, AI, AI changed it. They, they have a dress code because of him. I know, yeah. I know. But Walt Frazier, yeah. Walt Frazier was smooth, though. Go check, go check out OG. <laughs> he, he was smooth. Was smooth. All right, here oh, we go. Man, we, we, we got to do better. We gotta <laughs> do better. <laughs> here we go. All right, here we go. Let's do this. This next player. He is a three-time All-Star, a one-time Most Improved player. This guy got drafted to the Warriors. Boy, Gilbert Arenas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you go, Jay. There you Bro, go. Walt Frazier won a title. What was I thinking? I'm still hung up on the first one. Agent Zero. All right, here we go. All right, next player, last player we have here. This guy he has his jersey retired in by his NBA team and his college team. He is a one-time U.S. Male Athlete of the Year. He is a seven-time All-Star. He's a one-time All-Star Game MVP. A one-time steals leader. Probably known as the number one most famous Robin. Or the sidekick. Scotty Pippen? Yes, sir. Yes, Scotty. sir. You said Robin. I was going to say Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. You said Robin. I started thinking, like, bro, there's only one Robin I think has ever played in the game. And I know he did not pick Robin Lopez for this week's guest player. There's no chance. Uh man, all right, there you go, Jesse. I see you getting that one. I see you. All right, man. So this is this is a good point. This is a good place for us to go ahead and start and start to wrap it up here. Jesse, we we really want to thank you, man, for coming on here and uh yeah. some some wizard talk with us, man. You're very, very knowledgeable uh wizards fan. You got any last words to say here before we sign off? Um, Wizards are gonna win the championship next year. I'm just saying, just to put it, I have to speak it into existence first. for it to happen, right? <laughs> got to speak it into existence, man. There you go. I like yeah, that. Man. So, uh, so Jay Hill, you got any last words for uh, Jesse and all the Wizards fans? Jesse, appreciate you coming on, man, Ed, and best of luck to the Wizards this season. <laughs> what about you, Jay? Yeah, man, and uh, just thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be an exciting season for the Wizards. Like you said, it's a it is a pretty big deal of a season. You know season. what's going to happen with Bradley Beal? How are the new pieces going to fit? In? You guys have a lot of pieces, a lot yeah. of new pieces. So how are the new pieces going to fit in? You know, are we going to see Thomas Bryant uh, take that next leap forward? So it'll be an exciting season. Looking forward to you know keeping up with them.
Got a lot of questions that we want to get answered by the Wizards. Is Kyle Kuzma going to lead the team in scoring? We don't know, man. A lot no, of- no. It's by how many points will Kyle Kuzma lead the team? By how many? That's the question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Jesse, thank you very much, man. And we out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out.